This audio session is taken from the Shofar Bible School first year course. You can register for the full Bible School course by visiting our Shofar online store at www.shofaronlinestore.org. The topic for this session is The Importance of Repentance. It is part of Module 15, Personal Healing. Hi guys, it's a massive privilege to uh, share with you today and uh, to be with you in this module of uh, Bible School 1. We are looking at personal healing and um, I think in all honesty, every single person under the sun takes moments in life where they need to stop, uh, take stock and realize that there's pain, um, there's a couple of emotional and spiritual wounds that they need to deal with. And uh, so today it's a, it's a privilege to share in the, a part of this journey with you. And I trust that the Lord will open up His Word for us so that we can be a people that are whole, uh, to reflect Him well and to love others well. Now, pain, as you know, is common cause for, for all men. And very often, more often than not, the reason for that pain it's because of relational breakdown. Now, I have had my fair share of relational breakdown in my life, and I trust you as well. Uh, and it's not something that we willy-nilly need to just brush away. Sometimes we need to stop and, and have a look at it and have a look at the effect it had on our lives. And even more so, I think, uh, again, for all of us, sometimes you would have been the recipient of that brokenness and that pain because of sin that has entered the world and that relationship. And other times, unfortunately, maybe you were the, the cause or your actions and your words were the cause um, of these hurts suffered by somebody else. And so let's stop and, and let's trust that the word will come and give us keys to know how to deal with this. Uh, not only to stop the brokenness, but to deal with the pain and that personal wounds uh, that we are talking about. Because, you know, at the end of the day, we need to make sure that our wounds do not become a false identity. Um, I think so often, if wounds and pain are unattended, it can become an identity, uh, wrongly so, that is not our identity in Christ. But yet, if our wounds and our pain are committed to Christ, to His Word, and the help of His Holy Spirit, those wounds can be changed and become testimonies, scars that become testimonies that can bless others. Now in my life, I think one of the major wounds that I suffered because of broken relationships was the, was the mere fact that my mother and father separated and divorced when I was, I think, about seven years old. And it had a massive impact in my life. But today, I can honestly sit here and say that through the keys of the word and grace of God in my life, most, if not all of that, has become testimonies, life-giving, Zoe life-giving testimonies that I can share with other people. There's maybe also a grace in my heart that I have towards those that suffer um, when relationships fail. And then even more so, when I'm in a place of risk where I can hurt somebody, the Lord can use that hurt of the past to be a blessing unto others. So journey with me as we're gonna look at repentance. As one of the keys that we've seen in, in Psalm 51, in looking at David's life, we see there the whole Psalm 51 resolves around two things, namely forgiveness and repentance. And so 
the latter year in repentance is the one that we, we need to, to look at. Um, repentance in and of itself is maybe not something that uh, the, the ego or the flesh like to do. Um, for some people, it might seem like groveling or uh, uh, really something that, uh, that you need humility for. But it's actually a beautiful gift of God to be used and to be seen as a gift um, by us all. And we're going to look at scripture, obviously. We're going to dissect and, and look at that of how this, this matter, this key of repentance can actually be a, a gift to us, a gift and a blessing from God. Now, the reason why we believe it is actually a gift is that after one has made a mistake, after your actions has, has hurt somebody else, repentance means that change can come and the wrongs can be corrected and healing can come. And I think that's beautiful. We'll also see that in Scripture that it's by the kindness of the Lord that re repentance um, is given to you and me and the ability for repentance is given to us. We see there in Romans 2 verse 4, the word says, or do you presume on the riches of his kindness and the forbearance and patience, not knowing that God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance? So we know now it is needed in broken relationships to have repentance. We also know that it is actually a gift. It's not something that you will you need to grovel and, 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 and humiliate yourself. No, in fact, it's a gift to us because it shows that change is possible when we have messed up. And we have said to each other, we all have messed up. But it's His kindness that leads us to repentance. Now, we know this and it's common cause for us uh, in modern church today, but it wasn't always the case. In the 16th century, there was a guy called Martin Luther, and, uh, and, and I'm sure you, you all have heard of Martin Luther. Now, he was the catalyst or the spark that started the Reformation. Now, in, in that day and age, uh, the church, as it were, the traditional church, uh, was not necessarily a people that served and loved the people they led, but in fact, they kept the word of God and prayer, active prayer life away from God's people. And as Martin then studied the real word of God, he realized, well, I don't see this in the Bible. And then he, he went down and he wrote what they today call the, the 95 Theses. And the first statement, they were all statements of faith concerning Christianity, but the first statement is very important for us today, being that repentance is key to our salvation, but key to the whole of our existence as, as Christians. And the first statement was merely the following. It said, when our Lord and Master, Jesus Christ, said repent, he called for the entire life of believers to be one of repentance. And so you had not, um, you did not have to run to another person to go and confess and tell them what you've done. You did not need another person to come and intervene and say, they are, they are more holy and so they can teach you about the word. No, he said, you know what? For all of us, including the religious folks, the hypocrites of the day, repentance is a lifestyle and it is a daily occurrence. It's a daily key for us relationally with God. Now, that ruffled some feathers, as you know, and if you go read up the, the history, but it's so important for us to remember from the offset, a change then started in the whole of the church, but it, it re revolved around repentance being central to our faith. 
And it's so important. In all of our relationships, let me put it bluntly, repentance is a key. Not groveling again, not willy-nilly apologies, but changed action because of the grace of God and I believe the help of the Holy Spirit. Gary Thomas says so beautifully in the, in the book Sacred Marriage, he says, couples don't fall out of love so much as they fall out of repentance. Now, if I had to nail 95 Theses for my marriage to life, I think the first one would also be that the key for my marriage to work is to daily say, I'm sorry when I've messed up. Now, you, it does not become your identity. We don't become unnecessarily sin conscious. We keep on being son, Jesus Christ conscious. But when we do mess the mark, when we do sin and it hurts, when our actions lead to broken relationships, there's a beautiful key of humility that David already showed us in Psalm 51 of saying, sorry, but then also acting upon it. Bringing us to the next point, and that's the, the definition, the definition of, of repentance. I think there's lots of things that can be said out there. And in fact, it's something that is not heard. It's a word that's not heard that often um, in charismatic circles these days. But the definition is so important and it's merely the following. It is a change in mind that leads to a change in action. Let that sink in. It's a change in mind that leads to a change in action. It's not just a sorry followed by an emoji on a WhatsApp. It's a change in mind that leads to a change in action. I don't even say, see words there yet. And so... Repentance starts on our inside, and that's why I believe in a new covenant dispensation by the grace of God, He gave us His Spirit, that the Spirit will help us, convict us, tap us, so to speak, on the heart, and then a change will come. We will change our mind for where we've missed it, and then an action, a fruit of this change will be seen. Again, I believe by the grace of the Lord. So if we need to break it up, just in, in four easy things to remember. Repentance will mean that I am taking stock of what really happened. So say there was an occurrence, sin occurred, there was a injustice in a relationship that you're in and you've missed the mark. Then you take stock and uh, you see what happened there. It's not a mere emotional thing. Um, it's just to be honest about what happened. You realize and you're honest about what you did wrong. You acknowledge it. You acknowledge that you were wrong. And then you correct this wrong as far as it is possible for you to do. Again, I believe by the help of the Holy Spirit. It's a sober examination of what occurred. There was an action. You hurt somebody. You said something rude. It really hurt their hearts. This actually brought a, a shaking to this relationship. And there's no unity um, at the moment. And now you need to examine, you need to think. And then remember, a change of mind, you realize, yes, Lord, I've missed the mark there. It's a change of mind that leads to a change in action, along with saying sorry um, and repenting to the other person. Um, I think repentance is really honestly a marker to say, I'm serious about this relationship. I am serious about this relationship. I can look at the whole of, of, of the world out there and it is filled with, un, un, unfortunately, it's filled with broken relationships, broken family lines, broken churches, ministries even. 
friendships, neighborhoods. And I realized, I don't want that. I want to petition for what is biblical. I want to petition for what is godly. I want to petition and stand for, for what brings life and wholeness and unity. And not just lip service, but to have the real action, again, by the grace of the Lord's working in my life and in my heart. And then also receiving the forgiveness of that. Repentance says, I am honestly in this relationship and I want it to work. I believe it says, I care. Repentance says, I care. If I can put it in my own words. Moving on to a second definition, there's a a Hebrew word of which the root word very simply means to turn. And you can see that in your notes. It very simply means to turn. In other words, I was heading in one direction. I hurt somebody by my actions or my words. Something happened on my inside. A conviction happened. A change happened. And then my actions turns. And I actually start heading in the opposite direction. A 180 degree turn made in my life. Now, this particular definition uh, springs forth out of Deuteronomy. And you'll see there in your notes of how Israel walked with Yahweh. And I would believe how we would likewise walk with God daily saying that we are on a pilgrimage with God. Now, we know beautifully God does not change. He is on course and He will stay on course. Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. Hebrews also says He doesn't change yesterday, today, and forevermore. So He knows what road to walk. and We can come and walk with Him. But sometimes, unfortunately, because of sin, broken relationships, emotional wounds and hurts, we steer off. We veer off this road. But the beauty of repentance is that we can take stock. We can then change our mind. We can turn and then we can get onto this road with God again. And that's a a very important point. It's the ability, in other words, to take stock, to get back on track, and then to do and walk the road or the path of God as we see it in the word. We're going to look at two passages in scripture that just beautifully illustrates this to us. Matthew 21, verse 28. Let's read together. But what do you think about this? A man with two sons told the older boy, son, go out and work in the vineyard today. The son answered, no, I won't go. But later he changed his mind and went anyway. Then the father told the other son, you go. And he said, yes, sir, I will. But he didn't go. Which of the two obeyed his father? They replied, the first. Then Jesus explained his meaning. I tell you the truth. Corrupt tax collectors and prostitutes will get into the kingdom of God before you do. For John the Baptist came and showed you the right way to live, but you didn't believe him. While tax collectors and prostitutes did. And even when you saw this happening, you refused to believe him and repent of your sins. And then the second part of scripture in Luke 3. Let's start at verse 1. In the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, Pontius Pilate being governor of Judea and Herod being tetrach in Galilee and his brother Philip tetrach in the region of Ulteria and Trachonitis and Licinius of Abilam during the high priesthood of Annas and Sapphias, 
the word of God came to John, the son of Zechariah in the wilderness. And he went into all of the region around the Jordan, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. As it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make the paths straight. Every valley shall be filled and every mountain and hill shall be made low. And the crooked shall become straight, and the rough places shall become level ways, and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. He said therefore to the crowds that came out to be baptized by him, You brother vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruits in keeping with repentance. I'm going to repeat that. Bear fruits in keeping with repentance. And do not begin to say to yourselves, we have Abram as our father. For I tell you, God is able from those st these stones to raise up children for Abram. Even now the axe is laid to the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. And the crowds asked him, what then shall we do? And he answered them very practically. Whoever has two tunics is to share with him who has none. And whoever has food is to do likewise. Tax collectors also came to be baptized and said to him, Teacher, what shall we do? And he said to them, Collect no more than you are authorized to do. Soldiers also asked him, And we, what shall we do? And he said to them, Do not extort money from anyone by threats or false accusation, and be content with your wages. Take 10 minutes to reflect on and discuss this session's key Bible passage together with others in your class. If you are watching on your own, take a few minutes to reflect on the key Bible passage by yourself. So we see in these two parts of Scripture, beautiful working together. Um, but the first mention with the two sons is so important in that the undergirding essence of that was not the mere action of going out to work. The undergirding truth was the relationship between the sons and their father. And that for us holds a key for repentance. Because when we repent, the primary aim is not necessarily firstly the other person who we've offended or hurt, but it is God. It is the father. That relationship that we see in the scripture between the father and his sons, likewise for us when we look at repentance. And here three R's is so important to remember. Repentance is restoring our relationship with the Father. So it's three R's that you can always remember. It's easy one just to put in your pocket, a biblical key to put in your pocket for repentance. Repentance is restoring our relationship with the Father. And so we'll see in, in Psalm 51 already, David has this on his heart. For I recognize my rebellion. It haunts me day and night. Against you and you alone have I sinned. I've done what is evil in your sight. You will be proved right in what you say and your judgment against me is just. And so David saw that. He said, Lord, against you have I sinned. Against you have I sinned first and foremost. And that's the key that this part of, and this scripture actually holds for us as well. And so we first sin against God and then um, we can repent to other people. And why would you think 
is that so important? I believe if we look deeply, I can see the first two commands here of love. Why do I say that? For when I offend a brother in my relationship, I hurt a brother. That moment, that action where I hurt this person, that sin was devoid of love. Love was absent in that moment. And so when repentance, the key and the blessing of repentance, the gift of repentance enters into this moment that has already occurred, I bring love back into that moment through repentance. And if love was not there, God was not there. And so I firstly say, sorry, God, I apologize to the Lord. I repent to God firstly, and then vertically to my brother who I hurt. And I believe justice is restored. Love, so to speak, is restored to that moment of injustice, of hurt, of pain, of sin. And so it's just a beautiful way where I've not loved, how now through repentance, I can bring love back into a moment. And that is a beautiful place where a relationship can be restored. Restoration can come because I need to love God first and then my, my neighbor as myself. I've missed that. I go back. I repent. I say, Lord, I missed. I'm so sorry. I changed my action. I bring love back into this equation, uh, vertically speaking, and then horizontally by saying sorry and apologizing to whomever I have hurt. And I just see how beautifully love gets restored. Now, the second thing that is important um, through this, this part of scripture is um, that there was a self-awareness that was lacking in both these boys. Namely, that the one was just plainly rude uh, towards his father, and there was no conviction. And the other one was just deceitful. He said, yes, yes, sure, I'll go. But it was only the first mentioned son that actually changed his mind and then changed his action. And so we can see how repentance in its working is working out in the first son, but unfortunately not in the second son. The first son had the self-awareness. I would actually like to call it conviction to then change his mind and go do what his dad had asked asked of him to do. The first mentioned son also had another thing in that he had humility. And that biblically speaking is a key that we need for repentance. Remember we said some people it feels like it's a breaking down of the ego and it feels like groveling, but yet it is in humility that we realize I need to repent. I've hurt somebody. And, and, and we see this key so beautifully with the first mentioned son. Even in Psalm 51, we see the sacrifice of God are a broken spirit and a broken and contrite heart. Oh God, you will not despise. And so humility, even David needed to walk in this repentance. Now, either way, what we see from scripture, what is needing, it is a changing of mind and then a leading, an action um, that we walk out that repentance in, in all truthfulness. It's a change of mind being rectified by new actions. And then, then just very shortly, referring to the next scripture, um, where we refer to uh, John the Baptist. And we see there that one sentence that I believe is, is paramount for us. And that is that he says, the word says here, bear fruit in keeping with repentance. Bear fruit in keeping with repentance. Not, yet, not mere lip service, but have the outworking, the actions, the fruit that leads to repentance. And there, even the, the tax collectors and the soldiers ask him, now what should we do? And very practically then, the Lord tells them what to do, what their repentance should look like. What does your repentance look like? 
when you miss the mark? What does my repentance look like when I miss the mark? Is it a mere quick WhatsApp, bit of lip service, nice little apology, or am I actually grappling with the word? Am I allowing the spirit and the word to work on my inside to change me, to sanctify me yet again, even more so than to lead to new actions and bearing the fruit of repentance? True repentance has fruit, has actions, and we live out that sorry that we shared. We also see that it's not only religiously, um, emotionally, spiritually, but even socially, as we look to the scripture, um, where we can touch and our lives can touch other people through actions. When I have a heart for the poor, it's good to pray for them. Yes, absolutely. But it's another thing if I am convicted and it works out that there's an action in sharing what I've been given. If I've got two tunics, which I don't, by the way, I need to share one, if I did have one, with somebody that is in need. I cannot extort, take money from those that I'm not allowed to. And so my repentance has to bear some fruit. Guys, without repentance, change is not possible. But the beautiful key here today is that with repentance, change is possible. It is a working of grace. It is a blessing of God and it's a working of the Holy Spirit in and through our lives. It is a change of mind that leads to a change of action. And so I want to invite you to just let the Lord in afresh in all areas of your life. For we do not want to be part um, of so many failed and broken relationships we see out there. We want to use the key of repentance and we'll shortly look at the key of forgiveness to walk in the fullness of the relational blessing that the Lord has for us in the areas that our life needed. Let's quickly pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. Thank you for the beautiful keys that we can take from scripture to use in everyday life. Thank you that the Bible can be practical and change relationships going forward. Thank you, Lord, that we can again be convicted to have self-awareness. Lord, to have humility and also to know that true repentance is one that bears fruit. It's a change in mind by the help of you, the Lord, and then a change in action um, so that relationships can be saved and blessed and so that we can be forgiven where we've missed the mark. We thank you for the grace of Christ. Thank you that through repentance, you've given us the blessing of putting love back into a bad, sinful moment, putting love back into a relationship, putting love back where our words failed or our actions failed, putting love back where it belongs and to walk by love as we also repent where we need to, to you and to others in Jesus' name. Amen. May this empower you to live out the reality of repentance every day. God bless. Take 15 minutes to reflect on and discuss the following points together with others in your class. If you are watching on your own, take a few minutes to reflect on the points by yourself. You can find the discussion points in your Bible School handbook. Look out for the Living the Word sections in each session.